Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hey, it's Ashley. I just wanted to hop on really quick before we get started with our episode and say that we are going to be in relationship to supporting human trafficking awareness and help for for stopping human trafficking. We are going to be doing a December auction package, and that package is going to be sponsored by several businesses, including our own for the podcast. But one of them that we just wanted to mention really quickly is New Creation Virginia. They are supporting a lot of the auction package through donated items. And what's really amazing about New Creation Virginia is that they provide all of the things that they sell are survivor survivor made items. They're fair traded items. So they're really working to help support the people who are getting out of these situations by helping them have employment and success. And so they're doing that. And then they also do a lot of other really great things to advocate for counteracting sex trafficking and human trafficking. And so we'll be linking to those Um, to their site on our website and in our show notes. And we'll also be talking about them some more in our upcoming episodes as we get ready for the December auction package. But we're super excited to partner with them and we're looking forward to bringing that auction package to you all on Instagram at Unabridged Pod. So we just wanted to hop on and say that really quick. And we're looking forward to talking with Ruthann in this episode. Hello, everyone. We are here today to talk to Ruthann Devney. She is going to talk to us about human trafficking and modern-day slavery and her advocacy and her involvement with Dressember. And she's going to talk to us about how we can talk to the younger folks in our life about this this um, issue that that is happening, I mean, worldwide. And she's going to help us with some of that today. Before we get started, we just want to remind you to like, rate, and review on iTunes. That's the best way to help us and for to help other people find us. And with that, I think we'll get started. Welcome, Ruthann. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to join you today. We're so excited to have you. We were so um, ecstatic to be able to talk to you today and I'm so happy that you accepted our invitation. Before we get started kind of talking about some of the recommendations you have. We wanted to just know how did you get interested in this topic to begin with and how did you get involved in your advocacy and in Dress Simber particularly? Sure. Uh, so I first became aware of human trafficking and modern slavery through an organization called International Justice Mission. And they are a large nonprofit organization that works to identify, rescue, and rehabilitate survivors of human trafficking, and they operate all over the world. So I was familiar with their work, and then in 2014, I became aware of December because I believe IJM tweeted out about this. Mm-hmm. And so all I knew was that it was a challenge to wear a dress every day in December and try to raise money. 
And previously, I had never done anything like this before. I had done really like small fashion challenges. Like, I don't know if you've heard of like a 30 for 30, where you wear 30 items of clothing for 30 days. Yeah. So I find that very interesting and Mm -hmm. like kind of a problem solving um, puzzle. And I always feel like after I do something like that, my closet feels really big. So Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I thought, yeah, I can wear a dress every day. And heck, why don't I make it the same dress? So (laughs) that was 2014. And I just did it by myself. And I think I raised like $1,200 or that was my goal, $1,200. And it was amazing. People were incredibly generous. And um, as part of my process for, you know, preparing for that, I read up on the topic. So Mm -hmm. I went on to the (laughs) IJM website and I was like, I need to know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about before (laughs) I go out there. And so I think participating in December was an incredibly effective way for me to learn about not just IJM, but their work in the world and then what human trafficking really is. So yeah, that was five years ago, and I've been doing December ever since with like increasing difficulty and complexity <laughs> as we go, uh, which is not part of the deal, but it's just sort of how I operate. It's like, okay, bigger and better. And so over the past five years, I have pulled together a team to lead, and uh, last year Sarah joined for her first December, which was awesome. <laughs> she did an amazing job, and I'm really excited to have you, Sarah, and Ashley (laughs) along for the ride this year. So our team is usually about 60 people from all over the world, really. Last year, we had folks across the U.S. as well as in the U.K. and in Poland. So I love that. And I also love encouraging rookies, especially folks who are like, I it's my first time. I've never talked about human rights (laughs) issues Mm -hmm. before, you know, so I love leading a team and helping people along the way. And Sarah can attest to this that I'm like the biggest cheerleader of our team. Yes, (laughs) I totally stalk people's fundraising pages. And when they (laughs) hit milestones, I'm like, you're halfway there. You're, you have exceeded your goal, time to crank it up or whatever it is. Um, So I just think December is a really special opportunity for folks to get involved, to learn, like I mentioned, about this topic, but also to use what they have to make a real difference. Mm -hmm. I just think it's so cool because, you know, I'm not a lawyer or a (laughs) law enforcement (laughs) professional or a social worker, Mm -hmm. and those are folks who are operating on the front lines Mm -hmm. of fighting human trafficking, and it is amazing, the work that they do. So, for me, a question is, you know, what can I do to help? What do mm-hmm. I have to mm-hmm. offer? And personally, I enjoy reading and writing and communicating in general. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's where I can really flex those muscles mm-hmm. to empower other people. Mm-hmm. And so other folks might, you know, work in a school system where they have access to um, a lot of other peers or they might um, have like a long commute where they have made connections Mm -hmm. as they do that or something like that. You know, I think everyone has something. Mm -hmm. So I love how December is encouraging, you know, the phrase is everyday advocacy. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? So, um, so yeah, this will be my sixth one and I'm really excited. We're going to kick it off really soon. Yes. I'm just so excited. And I think you do such a great job of being an approachable advocate because I felt like I didn't, it's hard for me to find my voice in things like that. Mm -hmm. And watching you and being a 
part of the DBC with you. And I just admire the way that you are able to bring in people like me who might not be as comfortable, but that it gives me a way to help and advocate. So I really appreciate it. And I think you do such an awesome job at that. Thank you. I just hope it's helpful. Like every year I'm like, okay, what, you know, I ask for feedback all along the way. And I'm like, what do people need? What can I do to do more? So this whole, like throughout the month of November, I work to get everyone prepped so that hopefully when December comes around, everyone's like ready to go, knows what they want to do and can be successful. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so we, we want to start our discussion with some of your just general tips for talking to kids, whether it be our own children or students, because the three of us are also teachers, Mm -hmm. um, about human trafficking Mm -hmm. and modern day slavery. What are some of your tips? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things I try to focus on with people is to reassure them that human trafficking, well, sadly, is much more than sex trafficking. Mm I think that that is probably one of the more like known aspects of mm-hmm. human trafficking mm-hmm. and for good reason. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a horrible crime and very prevalent, but human trafficking includes forced labor trafficking and that actually impacts more children. Mm-hmm. So that's where I focus with younger um, readers or students. I talk more about forced labor trafficking. So in general, there are over 40 million people who are enslaved in the world today it's a huge number yeah. and about one in four of those victims are children mm-hmm. so under the age of 18 so sometimes I start there depending on the age of the person obviously mm-hmm. I might say like 25 percent 10 million people out there 10 million kids are enslaved and so like that's a lot it's more than yeah. the population of New York City you know so putting some context around that Mm-hmm. I think is like, whoa, it, you know, opens up the eyes. So then I talk more about forced labor trafficking, which can include a lot of things. Um, like there are young boys who are enslaved in Ghana on fishing boats mm-hmm. or whole families enslaved in making bricks in kilns in India and then also in the agriculture industry all over the world. Mm-hmm. So I kind of try to separate it from the sex trafficking piece because, well, first of all, I don't want to step on any like parental boundaries Mm -hmm. that might exist. Like, I don't know what people have talked about. Um, And I really think the parents should be like involved in the conversation. So forced labor trafficking is just a much more like concrete way Mm -hmm. to talk about it. You can say things like kids are forced to work in really, really hard conditions and they can't go to school and Mm -hmm. they don't have access to medical care if they get hurt. And, you know, any money they earn, they do not get to keep that. They don't get an allowance, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like kind of simplistic terms and not in a way to like reduce it Mm -hmm. or sugarcoat it, but to put it into terms that kids can understand. Right. Yeah. The book, tell me that you had mentioned at one point, I thought, I know you all didn't read this, but it's, it's for a middle grade audience. And I thought it did a great job of approaching it from someone who's a bystander and who turns out to be a great advocate. And because it's about the forced labor, it's something like you said, that just, I think young kids could conceptualize and also see the power someone has to speak out and make a difference. So I really loved that. Tell me by Joan Bauer is I think a really good entry point into human trafficking. I think that it's great for American kids to read because like you said, Jen, it talks about 
from a bystander point of view, you know, when you feel like something is off, what should you do? Mm-hmm. And um, the adults and the kids both learn a lot about the issue in a way that I don't think is preachy. Yeah. Um, and I also think that for the kids in the story, they have to work through adults in yes. order to mm-hmm. make a difference. And yeah. not all of the adults are helpful. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think that it's good prompting for discussion on that. Um, I would highly recommend this book for middle grade and even older. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how reading books for a younger audience makes a more gentle frame yes. for mm-hmm. what is tough content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really liked that it was realistic and that she was not able to just go out and fix everything herself, that she had to use her voice and just be assertive, but that she had the support of some people in her family and she was just a real character with her own voice. So I thought that was really powerful. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You guys would like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, a big focus for me when I talk with younger, you know, would-be activists mm-hmm. is to cultivate a sense of empathy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, you know, if I'm talking about, like, kids are working really hard and they don't have, like, the comforts that we have, I don't right. want to make them feel bad. Right, right that they're like, oh, well, I get to do all these things, play sports, whatever, you know, it's like, that's great. You can enjoy doing that, but just know that there are kids your age who can't. And Mm -hmm. how does that make you feel? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you were, you know, trapped in this situation, if your whole family was trapped, how would that make you feel? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, don't want to scare them. Yeah. Um, But I think especially with older, like middle school, even, or especially high school, I think it's, I think it's okay to be real about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this is a real situation and yeah. we're incredibly fortunate in this mm-hmm. country to right. not have to think about it very much. But again, that is not even truly the case. Like mm-hmm. there are people in the United States who are enslaved. Yeah. Um, and so I think part of what I want to do too is say like, you have probably been taught that slavery ended in the 1800s, mm-hmm. but that is not the case. Right. right? And, you know, not to undermine their social studies teachers, you know, but I think that is good for them to think critically. So I think that it's always good for kids to think about how we have to simplify things sometimes to cover content Mm -hmm. and to go through. And so I think it's great for them to position themselves and, and realize that they might not have thought about they might have not have thought deeply about the implications today of things that, you know, that some of the practices, I mean, the reason that I think a lot of kids feel that way is because we talk about the Civil War and we talk about these changes that were made. And that doesn't mean that, first, that has long lasting implications, of course. And secondly, that today those things are still happening and what can we do about it? And I think what I really appreciated about Girl Rising was the focus on education mm-hmm. and the connection between education and poverty the the focus you know the connection between education and girl the girls being married at early ages and then the damage that that does to them and the ways that that all connects to things like slavery mm-hmm. and so i think that that was illuminating I, and I, I liked how that does a great job of of making that bridge between those different issues because i think we talk a lot about i mean people are advocating for girls having access to education but I really liked how, especially when you're thinking about reaching a younger audience, mm-hmm. like how that shows that the 
there are many reasons why that's important, but a big one is that if the girls don't have the opportunity to be educated, then all of these other things, including mm-hmm. slavery, including having children at a, an, at a young age, including abuse, including child marriage, all of those are a problem for them. And I just thought that it really helps kids see that and, and challenges them to think about what they have in their own lives and how that is and is not similar to kids around the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think as well, you know, outgrowth of empathy, hopefully I would love to see, you know, like a, what can I do yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. response. Um, and so I think there are really tangible ways that, um, students and, you know, kids, minors can make a difference even at a monetary level, like one thing we say on the team is that everything counts. Mm-hmm. So it like really, you don't have to have like deep pockets or, you know, you don't have to have a law degree, things like that. So um, there are two stats I always throw out on our December team. One is that for $7, you can sponsor a hot meal for someone who's just been rescued. Mm-hmm. And that's just so yeah. tangible. Yes. You can, and you know, paint the picture of like, can you imagine you've been working really hard and these rose fields, farms, and then someone comes in and rescues you. And then you are in a new place, but then you get a hot meal. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can be the person who provides the hot meal. And $7 is not a lot of money. You know, yeah. I would say it's two coffees. Can you give two coffees and give someone a hot meal? And, and so for um, kids, it might be however allowance works, or if they're maybe potentially able to get paid for chores, Mm -hmm. or if they say, you know what, I won't get like a Christmas stocking this year. Mm -hmm. Instead, can I buy two hot meals or something Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that? You know, and I think having those conversations of like, well, if you would like to do this, how do you want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. How do you want to use what you can do, like raking the leaves or shoveling snow or whatever, you know, unloading the dishwasher? And then the other one is that $9 buys a warm blanket Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. someone who's just been rescued. And so it's like, don't you like, you know, the quilt that maybe your aunt made for you? You can do that, too. Um, So there's super tangible, concrete ways um, that make a difference to a real person. Right. You know, it's not just like, this will go for the overhead of yeah. a nonprofit. Yeah. You know, it really is like, you can imagine a kid just like you, and then they'll have a blanket because you decided to, like, ask for extra chores to do mm-hmm. around the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's super powerful. And actually, there is a family in my town, and for years now, they have done a fresh squeeze lemonade stand our town has like a major festival. And so they sell lemonade at this festival and then all the profits go toward an international justice mission. And because they have done it for so many years and they sell a lot of lemonade, it has added up to so many thousands of dollars. Oh, wow. That's super and so awesome. all of their kids, <laughs> they're like <laughs> lemonade pros. <laughs> like mixing and selling it, frankly. But then their kids are talking to these passerby, you know, this is why we're doing it. This is why our stand yeah. is called Fresh Squeeze Freedom. The, you know, mm-hmm. here's a brochure. And it really, like, gives them a platform mm-hmm. with a really typical way where kids earn money. Yeah. So I just think it's really cool to be able to encourage kids to say, like, yes, it's true that it's very sad. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, widespread. It's, like, overwhelming. But wouldn't it be cool raise money for however many hot meals or blankets. And Mm -hmm. I think in a family you could do it or in a classroom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's like, how many can we do by everyone bringing in their spare change? Or like, maybe we won't all like get ice cream at lunch today or whatever. I I love, love, love seeing the little things add up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I really loved about Girl Rising was the nuance of its treatment of the decisions that families have to make and Mm -hmm. that it was very careful. uh, Stone is very careful not to say that all of these parents are bad parents to show that a lot of times they are in situations that selling their children in essence is the only way to ensure their safety. And so I thought those would be great conversations to have as well, that it's not, there are certainly bad people in the book, but that it's not all good or bad that there are sometimes that people's choices are taken away from them. And that's also something that we are trying to fight and to help with. Yes. There was a program at a school where I taught before one of our students started a girl rising club and she just on her own became very interested in the plight of girls who aren't educated around the world and did a GoFundMe and got money. It was really cool. And so I think that she had her first club meeting and there were like 60 girls who showed Uh, up. It was really, really neat. So I think those little moments of, kids being empowered to make a difference Mm -hmm. are great. And she was really focused on the education. So she talked about the human trafficking, but like Ashley was saying, she was really focused on the education. And so almost a systemic change as well. That is awesome. I love that. And I think it's so cool to have success Mm -hmm. in that way. And I guess another thing, you know, when we talk about December and fundraising, sometimes people say like, well, I can't raise that much money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just think the fundraising is one measure of success, but 60 kids at a club. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It was really neat. Mm -hmm. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. And like growing in your own knowledge, that's another way you can be successful. So I just think it's like everything, every little thing counts. Yes. What about for younger kids? Like, because mm-hmm. Ashley has a three-year-old and a five-year-old. I have a an eight-year-old and eleven-year-old. I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen has a twelve-year-old and a nine. nine-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wanted to say he's ten yeah. for some reason. <laughs> he's a big boy. <laughs> so, yeah. what, what do you have for? I mean, obviously the middle school students. Um, we already talked about mm-hmm. the Joan yep. uh, Bauer one, but. What about for the smaller kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think for elementary age kids, I haven't found any books yet that are specifically about human trafficking, mm-hmm. which is probably fine. I think you know there is an <laughs> age at which it's probably too young. Yeah. Um, but in that case, I like to talk to kids about what it means to be um, a caring and compassionate citizen. Mm-hmm. So yes. again, it's about building empathy and talking with them about, you know, like, what do you do when you see someone who's being teased at school? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you have extra, like, lunch money mm-hmm. or something, you like, do you, like, get another candy bar? Or do you, like, could you ask your teacher maybe if someone needs help mm-hmm. or something like that? Or, you know, what happens if you pass, like, a Salvation Army bell ringer? Mm-hmm. at Christmas. Yeah. Like, yeah. How does that make us feel? So I think it's about, or at least trying to have those conversations. I don't want to say like teachable moments. Sometimes I feel like that phrase is like full of pressure. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I have to teach something. Um, but more to say, you know, like there are human beings all around us yeah. and we can be compassionate citizens by considering 
that everyone has a story mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. being kind and courteous and that does not cost us anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's just a little like broader mm-hmm. if that makes sense, because really when we talk about human trafficking and other human rights violations, they are stemming from this idea that certain people are not worth as much, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think planting those seeds in younger children that every person has dignity mm-hmm. and worth as a person just mm-hmm. because of that, like they don't have to do anything. Right. To earn that, I think that that is really important. And I think there are some really good picture books out there that talk about that. Um, like one of them is What Can a Citizen Do? Mm-hmm. by Eggers. And it's really about like collaboration and listening to each other. And, and it has really, really cool art. Like there are um, these kind of like paper collages. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's really, really pretty. You can sort of see the texture in the illustrations. And at the end, it's all of these kids building this amazing treehouse. So at yeah. the end, it's like, look what we all did together because we listened to each other and did our different jobs, you know. Um, so that's one I'd recommend. That's great. And then there's a board book actually called A is for Activist. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, have that. I was love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is in I my love name. <laughs> it's so pretty, too. Yeah. Um, it's an alphabet book, but yeah. it's um, written in rhyme. So uh, it's fun to read as well. But I just think opening up kids eyes that there are you know other stories out there and they're worthwhile yeah. mm-hmm. is part of it it's certainly not like the full topic mm-hmm. right yeah. my younger son came home from first grade he had an amazing first grade teacher y'all have heard about her a lot and he came home talking about Malala one day and he came home talking about Martin Luther King Jr. one day and so she had just you said story and so she was great at telling the stories of these people who stood up for something. And so she was very gently introducing him to this idea of people who had been disenfranchised or people who had stood up for other people. He was really inspired. And so I think that too, I mean, I think there is a danger there in making it seem as if those heroes are distant, but she framed it in a way that she was talking to them about how they could do that every day. And she did a lot in her classroom to talk about that sort of mediation, peacekeeping, even just in her classroom atmosphere. So, yeah. That's awesome. I, she was great. Oh, yes. First grade. That's yes. so good. <laughs> yeah, I think there are a lot of books up and coming about this topic. I think yeah. we see a lot of anthologies, especially nonfiction mm-hmm. for kids. Um, you know, like Little Leaders is another one. And I think those are great and that you don't have to – like read them all at once and just read a couple snippets at a time. Mm -hmm. So I just think having, having those resources or it doesn't have to be books, even like YouTube videos or, Mm -hmm. you know, Ted talks or something. I think those are great too, but then following up with a conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just think that's so key. Um, Even with adults, I think it's important to engage at that level um, and not be afraid to not have the answers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's really like a trap we can fall into and it can be a barrier to even go there. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I don't know if I can answer all the questions, but it's like, you know what? That's a great question. Let's do some research together or like, can I get back with you Mm -hmm. or anything like that? Cause then it's like a continuing dialogue. Um, It's not just like, here's your soundbite and all your questions are answered, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think I would imagine that kids appreciate that Mm -hmm. 
effort and yeah. also like, I don't want to say vulnerability, but a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, just like, honesty, I think. Right. About, of course, we don't know all yeah. the things. And, yeah. yeah. Right. And that it's okay to have a sense of curiosity about it that extends mm-hmm. beyond a simple answer and that there's always more to learn. I think it's yeah. important. Too. And that that's mm-hmm. how we learn in real life and that you can stand up for something even if you don't know every detail about mm-hmm. it and that it's yep. okay to say, I'm thinking about this thing and I don't, you know, I don't know everything about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, I was thinking there's Peter H. Reynolds, and um, he has several children's books for quite young kids, but one that came out recently is called Say Something, and it's more focused on that everyone has something to contribute, and that some people are ready to say that very clearly and loudly, but other people are not, but that everyone has something to offer, and that you can offer it in a lot of different ways, but what I love about that, and his books in general, I think, really hit on this idea that people are different, but we have all these things in common, and that we can celebrate what we have in common while also being unique Mm -hmm. and that there's a way to stand on your own and to contribute. And I feel like that is what I really, I I loved that part in Girl Rising also that I felt like the circumstances that happened to so many of the girls were tragic. I mean, of course Mm -hmm. they're horrendous. Mm -hmm. And yet I loved how in a lot of ways the portraits painted of the girls were of the, all the amazing things they're doing. Yeah. And not, I mean, in a very genuine way, but right. just to say, like, this girl loves art, and she mm-hmm. made these drawings, and that is what makes her... I just think they did a great job of humanizing each of yeah. the girls. And again, I think that's good for our students to see. Mm-hmm. that try, Nobody wants somebody else to pity them. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. it's important for kids to be aware... That, like you said, like they cannot help that they're not living in these horrendous circumstances, right. but it is good for them to know that other people mm-hmm. are and that that is that that's awful and that there are things that we can do that our culture and communities can do to turn the tide for these kids, but also that the kids are kids and mm-hmm. that they have these things to contribute to the world just like any other kid. And mm-hmm. I mean, I really like that because I think that sometimes. When we're trying to, like you were saying, Jen, you can either make them seem distant Mm -hmm, with the mm -hmm. heroes or sometimes we oversimplify and then paint this really tragic picture that in some ways takes away the humanity of the person that's having Mm -hmm. this experience. And so I really liked how there's all that nuance I felt in each of those portraits Mm -hmm, to show mm -hmm. that these kids are kids who have Mm -hmm. all these really unique things about them. Yeah. Yeah, I think Girl Rising is one of my top recommendations in general. I just think the book is beautiful Mm -hmm. with the photographs and um, really good like infographics basically with statistics and facts and things. Um, I have not seen the film that it's Mm -hmm. based on. That's what we haven't yet either. No. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I don't think it's available on like a streaming service that I have or anything like that. But I can only imagine that it is beautiful and powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if anyone has access to that, I think (laughs) it's like worth looking into. Um, But I remember I got my copy of Girl Rising because it was on like the sales section of an independent bookstore that I visited. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to buy this. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad I did. It's so well done. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I can, I can just imagine it being such a good resource in a classroom setting. But then also at home right? to like dip into mm-hmm. every yes. now and again. Yeah. 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 I was thinking at our house, we have good night stories for rebel girls. And I yep. think yes. it's, it's got some similar feel mm-hmm. of, you know, there is a thread that moves between the stories, but each 
has its own, each vignette stands alone. And I think this is like that in mm-hmm. some ways. I've just, so I, I like that because I think that one's geared toward younger kids, but this mm-hmm. is for yeah. older kids, but it is nice for them. And I do think it does a nice job also of introducing the concept of all the different ways that people, that girls can be enslaved or trapped in situations yes. without going into, I mean, I think sold is powerful, but definitely for older kids. Yes. I mean, it is, you yes. know, they're getting into the, details of and it is focused on sex trafficking and I think that can be for the kids who want to learn more who are older it is good for them to have Mm -hmm. an account that is accurate and that shows what those things are like but I do think that for sure that's going to skew significantly older Mm -hmm. yes yes so I'm curious to hear from your perspective about sold Mm -hmm. because it is a young adult book like that's how it's shelved generally yeah Mm -hmm. um but I always encourage teachers and parents to read it before they Mm -hmm. recommend it Mm -hmm. um to get a sense of the content since it's about sex trafficking and the main character is 12 I think at the start Mm -hmm. of the story um and I wouldn't say that it is graphic but I think it is really difficult Mm -hmm. yes yes in yeah. terms of the abuse that she suffers. So I'd be curious to get your take on that as a parent and as an educator, how you would handle this book or would you use it at all in a mm-hmm. school setting? Yeah, um, I had it on my shelf so students could find it. Mm-hmm. I offered it as a lit circle choice when we were talking about social issues. So I pointed it out as one that students who were interested in human trafficking could pick up. And then Ashley and I used excerpts of it in some lessons that we co-planned that just sort of got the idea across and then we connected it to slavery. We had some slavery uh, memoirs, I guess, that we connected with it so we could give, it was sort of a way to introduce the social issue and then students who wanted to can investigate it further. But yeah, so I think it's appropriate. We had juniors Mm -hmm. and so I think it's Mm -hmm. appropriate for older students. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a tough read. Mm -hmm. I had a few students who read it and thought it was really powerful, but I don't know that even all of my juniors would be ready to read the whole thing, whole class. Mm -hmm. I will say I used a film called The Candy Shop Mm -hmm. with my students that approaches human trafficking metaphorically and basically there it, it's like a 30 minute film it's really well done I think for an mm-hmm. independent I think it was just a community group who made it but it talks about or it presents these little girls who go into a shop and they're turned into candy for these men to come and buy and so we had a discussion in my class about which they we then read some newspaper articles about human trafficking and I asked my students which they thought was a more powerful discussion of human trafficking, did they like the fictional take on it that was more metaphorical? And there's sort of a big reveal when you figure out what's actually happening and what it's actually about, or do they prefer the fact-based treatment of the issue? And so we had some good discussions about that, about the power of literature to illuminate a topic or the power of fiction to illuminate a topic, and then when that's a good choice and when it's better to have a factual consideration of it. So, mm-hmm. but I would really recommend yeah. that film. We, we used it last year. Yeah, yeah we, we used it to the kids last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was, I was thinking that what I like too is that the film gets at the bystander yes. component mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. And so there's a lot of commentary about what other kids can do in the situation and when to act and what to, you know. So I just think, I think it hits on that as well. Mm-hmm. And, and in a quick you know, way and really powerfully, I think. So, yeah, I think, and I mean, just to echo what Jen said, with older kids, for sure, they could handle sold. I think that I would 
be reluctant even with ninth or 10th. Mm-hmm. I think that I would lean toward lit circles. We talk in our podcast a lot about a lot of times as we've taught longer, we've moved more and more toward lit circles for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And so generally I kind of was moving away from whole class reads mm-hmm. across the board. But for this one, I think it would be great to have that as a choice for people, but then, you know, they can make a decision about, because for sure there, the, the sensitivity of a kid is going to make a difference as far as their ability to read a book like that. And I think, I mean, I, I've worked with people on like, creating genocide units and things like that where you're speaking to the issues that are happening around the world. And I've read a quote that really stood with me was where I read something that said, there are kids who are experiencing this. So Mm -hmm. of course our kids can handle reading about it. Mm -hmm. And kind of that idea Mm -hmm. of how can we say that it's too much for them to read when there are kids living through it every day. Mm -hmm. And I feel that way about this issue too, that there are kids living through it. And so the least we can do is help our students know Mm -hmm. that this is something that's happening. Mm -hmm. But I do think that you don't want to alienate someone. You don't want to scar them, you know? And so I think there's a way to do that in a way that the audience can receive it. And if the kid isn't ready to receive the book, then I haven't Mm -hmm. helped them with the issue. And so I always have to think about that. Like, how can I help? And that's why I like something like the candy shop, because I think more kids can access that at Mm -hmm. the high school level. And then I can help the kids who are interested and passionate in that issue to have more things like sold that really get into how it happens, how the families make Mm -hmm. those choices or don't have a choice to make. I mean, I liked all that with Lakshmi's family. I thought that they did, that McCormick does a really nice job of showing Mm -hmm. that this is how it winds up where her mom who adores her is in a situation where she has to make this horrendous choice. And then how even the choice that they think they're making is not the real choice that's happening to her. And I thought all of that's really powerful because again, I think it's hard for us to not oversimplify and Mm -hmm. we never want to blame all the people who are all victims in the situation. I mean, a lot, like you said, Jen, some of the people, of course, are making right. are making bad decisions. But a lot of them are, even the adults involved, are victims in this practice mm-hmm. as well. And I think it's hard for us coming from outside to not kind of impose some judgment there yeah. Yeah. about what is right or wrong and why. And so I think, you know, anything they can do to nuance that, to help us feel more compassion as we think about an issue like this is good. Mm-hmm. But... I would mm-hmm. say for middle school, I had sold on my shelf, um, and some of my students chose to read it, but it would be, a, I, I taught in a pretty conservative area, so mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have done it as a lit circle circle choice, but I yeah. would have used them all unbound, which I feel like is not quite as, it's quite as horrifying as yeah. sold in mm-hmm. the way that it's told, um, but that is still really an access point uh-huh. for students that are younger, but it is also horrific what happens to her yeah. in the story too. But going yeah. back to what you said before, yeah. Ethan, about the forced labor, that in yeah. some ways that's an easier access point mm-hmm. because that's more what's happening and, and it's something that kids can, that this, they're going to be put off by and see the horror yes. in it without it being, getting into the sex, sex component. Mm-hmm. Cause I think sometimes right. it's just yeah. really hard to navigate. Sometimes yes. we lose our way, I think, I think along that right. path. And I think it yeah. goes back to when you're teaching, you you also have to consider the parents and what they... I mean, we answer to parents, right. so yeah. I think that right. you have to think about all the ramifications mm-hmm. and the age of the student and all of that. So I think mm-hmm. like while juniors might, yeah. might be fine for sold, 
it's a little bit of a harder sell in um, in middle school. Yeah. 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 I think those are really good points. And I love the idea of using excerpts from sold. Mm -hmm. I had not thought about that. Well, it's written in a really interesting way. It's not quite verse, yeah, but it's like this lyrical prose kind of like the short segments. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think the excerpts are an excellent way to get a sense of the Mm -hmm. voice. Um, it's written from Lakshmi's point of view, but yeah, and I had never heard of the candy shop. So yeah, a student actually recommended that to me. And so the first year I showed it and it, it is one that will make you gasp, but like the class Mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. And, um, Mm -hmm. I did, I I looked it up because I wanted to give credit. So it was made for the doorpost film project with support from 12 Stone Church and Street Grace, but it is made as a film initiative to help fight against child sex trafficking in Atlanta specifically. Oh, wow. So there's a part at the end that has some statistics, and it's it's several years old now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it was posted on Vimeo. You can find it. We'll link to it in our show notes eight awesome. years ago. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really well done, and it's there's an entertainment factor that keeps kids interested but definitely the follow-up conversation, I think, is essential for yep. this one yes. because you don't want them to miss the point because it is such a it's, – it's definitely allegorical, but yeah. it's really well done. That's really cool. And actually, um, you know, so as we fundraise for Dress Umber, um, those funds go toward 15 grant partners who are nonprofits all fighting human trafficking. And one of the organizations is based in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Yeah, Youth awesome. Spark. And they, they help kids. And a lot of it is like housing and courtroom advocacy and things like that. But it's like very broad. That is mm-hmm. totally an oversimplification what I just said. But that's really cool. It's such a connection. Yeah. 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 Well, before we end, we wanted to ask you what your recommendations for adults would be if you wanted them to read. And we would like a nonfiction and a fiction pick. Yes. Okay. So I thought about this a lot and I'm, I'm really stumped on the fiction question. Okay. I certainly haven't read everything on my fiction list that pertains to this topic. However, um, I have yet to find something that is marketed toward adults Mm -hmm. that I would feel comfortable or really like confident Mm -hmm. in recommending to read. Frankly, I probably recommend sold the mm-hmm. most okay. to adults. So there's that. Um, <laughs> if I had to pick one, um, I would have to go with Girls Burn Brighter, um, yeah. which I think was released maybe last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. And it takes place in India. I will say it is incredibly well-written. It is about the friendship between these two women. Um, one of them is then a victim of human trafficking. Um, but it's very, very hard to read in that the content is hard. So it's a hard topic anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. there's just so much misogyny in this story. It's violent, mm-hmm. like straight up violent. And, um, and I have like a pretty strong stomach when it comes to that. But even I was like cringing throughout. Mm. Um, and then personally, I just hated the ending. So the ending ruined it for me. It's not that way for everyone. Like if you go on Goodreads and look up Girls Burn Brighter, it's like a mix Mm -hmm. of reviews. I think pretty much everyone is on the same page that it's Mm -hmm. (laughs) well-written. But because of that, I just, it's not a strong recommendation for me, you know, but tons of people love it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to like bash the book. 
but yeah, so when it comes to fiction, I pretty much recommend Sold. I mm-hmm. think that it's a really good way for people to learn. But I do also struggle with that because it's not like an own stories perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I, if anyone has any recommendations, I would love to read up on that point. But my list of nonfiction is very long. So <laughs> it was hard for me to narrow it down. But I will give you two slash three. We love more. The yes. more the yes. better. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so uh, for anyone who's interested in like a true story and memoir, I would recommend Slave, My True Story by Mende Nazaire. And she um, is from Sudan. She was abducted and then sold into domestic servitude in the, I'd say, the early 2000s. Um, and then she was then like transported to London where she continued to be a slave. Mm. And then she, with the help of a journalist escaped and then he helped her tell her story. Mm. So I think there are so many things about this story that are valuable. Mm -hmm. One is that it is super recent. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's like, I don't think that happens anymore. It's like, no, this is in the 21st century. Wow. Um, and then also that she was in plain sight, like people would come to her house where she would serve them food and whatnot. And they either knew she was a slave and didn't care, or they didn't know at all because yeah. she just made, you know, like a live in, live in maid. And so another thing is that there is a lot of talk about the civil war in Sudan. So mm-hmm. I just learned so much mm-hmm. in reading this book and, um, I think it's really valuable. She has a follow-up book, um, but I have not been able to get my hands on it yet. Mm-hmm. So I, I do want to read that one, just about her life after um, rescue and rehabilitation. And mm-hmm. it's an ongoing journey. But yeah, so I would highly recommend that, Slave, My True Story by Mende Nazaire. And then for anyone who's interested in getting into... I guess the more um, systemic issues that lead to exploitation, I would recommend The Locust Effect by Gary Haugen. Um, Gary Haugen is the founder of International Justice Mission, and this book um, talks about, um, I don't want to say just stats and statistics, but it's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of about sociology and the economy and the things that go into the conditions that make human trafficking and exploitation possible. Mm-hmm. And the main thesis of the book is that in areas of extreme poverty, the number one reason that exploitation exists is that people are under a threat of violence. Mm. Like they can't ensure their safety, their physical safety. Mm -hmm. And so he basically says, you know, education is usually important, as we know. Food, important. Medication, all of these things, hugely important. But unless we can ensure that people are physically safe, that none of that hmm. will happen. Wow. And there are stories about areas where there are like schools set up for girls and things like that, but they don't go because they can't walk there safely. Uh, yeah. So they can't trust local law enforcement to be on their side. They can't trust that criminals will be convicted without, you know, bribery or corruption. Mm-hmm. And so it's about good law enforcement and judicial systems in areas of poverty. And that was a connection I had never made mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. This concept of physical violence being mm-hmm. the threat, being mm-hmm. really like the barrier to so much development um, or progress as we might think of it. Um, 
So I found it to be just a hugely impactful book for me to read. Yeah. It's difficult, though. It's difficult in that, obviously, the content is hard. But it's also pretty dense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I used to be a medical writer, so I'm used to reading, like, really dry stuff. Um, <laughs> so I had, like, a stomach for it, But even then, I had to, like, assign myself chapters, basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I will put that out there as a warning. Um, but I think it is worth the effort, especially if you're, like, reading with other people and digesting it slowly over time. I just think it's really, really helpful. And then the third book that I want to mention, I just started it, and I'm about halfway through. It is Free Centoya by Centoya Brown Long. And this was like a major news story in the past year. I don't know if you saw. She uh, was in prison in Tennessee because she killed a man um, who bought her when she was a prostitute. Mm. And so she was being pimped out when she was a teenager. She was 16. Mm. And she killed someone she has never denied that um but because of her record and other circumstances she was um tried and convicted as an adult wow. so at the age of 16 she was facing a life sentence oh, wow. mm-hmm. and yeah <laughs> it's hard so i became aware of her story in the past couple of years but she received a pardon from the governor of tennessee last year um, after serving, I think it was 16 years. So she was, you know, mid thirties. And so there was like a huge upswelling of support, Mm -hmm. um, the internet, things like that. And so she did receive that pardon from the governor. And so I'm excited to finish that, but that's like right out of the headlines. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Obviously. Um, But I'm just in the first half, like I said, and it is just brutal. Mm. what she did to survive and again it's like similar in that I don't think she really had a choice not really Mm -hmm. the circumstances that she was in and Mm. then the judicial system just did not serve her yeah and Mm -hmm. so I'm just glad to be able to read this book this is a new release it was just um it just came out in the past couple weeks that sounds great yeah like one that we we need to read and the yeah. what the first one you talked about I was just thinking about putting that on hold at the, <laughs> the library <laughs> because that just sounds I mean it sounds brutal but also so important yeah no well, thank you so much yeah, for those recommendations you. You. is there anything else you sorry I'm flinging my <laughs> I'm flinging my headphone cord around is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or say before we wrap up yeah I mean I guess I would just encourage people to look into this topic of human trafficking in the way that makes sense for you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's tough. I mean, we've said that a lot of times (laughs) in this hour. So I don't blame anyone for being cautious Mm -hmm. in that way, but also that it's a real thing that's happening. And I think as conscientious citizens of the world, we are responsible to know about it Mm -hmm. and then take action as we are able. Um, So I would just encourage people to take the steps that make sense to them, whether it's reading or, you know, looking out for headlines in the news or anything like that. And I I have found with lots of people that the more you learn, the more you are curious. Mm -hmm. So you will never know what will take hold when it comes to, you know, researching human rights and how we can all 
stand up for each other. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. Yes. That and we I'll- can help each other. And I was going to say just for our listeners, if you don't follow Ruth Ann on Instagram, she's a definitely RA and she, and I just, I mean, you do a, such a great job of educating about human trafficking and advocacy and dress Simber in a way that's really accessible for everyone. So I would, if you have, if you're just starting out and you have questions, I would head over to her Instagram account because she has tons of information out there and she is constantly putting up new stuff. So uh, that is how I got involved once I got to know Ruth Ann through the Diverse Books Club and and saw all of this great stuff she was doing for Dressember that made me want to get involved too. Mm-hmm. So she she does a great job. So go and head over to her Instagram account and look at look, look at all of her resources too. Thank you. Well, and I do want to mention, so this year for December, my one of my goals is to share at least one book every day in December oh, wow. that is about human rights advocacy. So oh, it's not awesome. specific to human trafficking, but I think mm-hmm. half of them will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like reading like crazy right now <laughs> <laughs> to That's get awesome. ready for that. I have almost everything lined up but I'm still like oh I keep meaning to read that one so um so yeah tune in starting December 1st I'll have at least a book a day that you can add to your list or recommend to others (laughs) um and they're all going to be ones that I strongly recommend so I'm excited to put that together that's That's awesome and we will put uh links to Ruth Ann's account and all that in show notes so you don't have to search for it we will have it right there for you (laughs) And anything else, ladies? Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so, so much, much. Ruthann. This I learned so much just yeah. and it was so nice having this conversation with you. We so appreciate you coming and talking about this. I think this is gonna be something that our listeners really are gonna learn a lot from and enjoy the information that you gave. So thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. I am happy to answer any questions after the fact and help people get plugged in. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you so thank much, you. Ruthann. Thanks. Bye, Bye. Ruthann. Goodbye. See ya. We want to thank you for listening today. We don't know about you, but we have added a pile of books to our TBR list. We loved talking with Ruthann about Dress Simber, and we want you to know that you can check the show notes for more extensive resources regarding Dressember. We also want you to know that we are going to be participating in Dressember and we will be actually having an auction giveaway thing happening. (laughs) That's our official name. It isn't, but we will be having an auction item that you can bid on toward the middle of December. So be looking out for that. And we will have it all over Instagram and our personal accounts and the unabridged account. So just be watching for that. But we are also going to be advocating for December during um, the month of December. So we hope you will join us and, um, and also check out Ruth Ann's page. Before we end, we also want to do, like we have been doing all season, a a quick give me one because we know this episode's a little long. So we are going to do a quick give me one and we are going to give one magazine we like to read. And Jen is going to start. Okay. I love Real Simple Magazine because though the products are way more expensive than I would actually buy, it's really beautiful and I think it has nice ideas and it's a good mix of images and catchy little articles and cleaning tips. And yeah, I, I find it to be really appealing. So that's Real Simple Magazine. 
I want, this is Ashley, and I wanted to just share Simplify <laughs> Magazine. And I didn't realize the names were going to be quite similar oh, yeah. here, but Simplify Magazine is online. It's a quarterly digital publication. And I think that the articles that I've read from there are great and I just powerful. And I love the style of their website. And I just think that I've found some meaningful things in there about how to keep things simple in a world that feels very full and busy. And so I've appreciated that. So again, that's Simplify Magazine and it is a digital publication. And what is going to surprise no one? (laughs) (laughs) My highbrow literature choice for this category is People Magazine. (laughs) I don't read a lot of magazines, but I do enjoy People. And when I have one, I like to read it cover to cover. It's good bathtub reading. So that is my choice. And <laughs> and again, I'm the one reading the Celebrity Gossip Magazine. It's fine, but that's my, my pick. We want to thank you for listening today. Remember to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Check out our webpage because we've got a lot of stuff going on. And also our newsletter comes out monthly. You can sign up for that because we always have all the things that are happening with Unabridged in the newsletter. Thanks for listening. Hey, I just wanted to drop in and say that, as you know, we are in the midst of our 10 days of giving. We are so enjoying seeing everyone interact. And we wanted to just let you know that we are going to, at the end of our 10 days of giving, we will be having a an auction for human trafficking awareness. It will go, all proceeds will go to Dress Simber. And we hope that you will check that out. It is going to start December the 10th and run run for four days. And we would love for you to participate, uh, bid, and support this awesome organization. Thank you. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.